0: This is Dr. Jeff Craig, superintendent of West Aurora Schools, and welcome to podcast number 18, featuring Washington Middle School's Dean of Students, Mr. Markel Rogers. Markel and his wife, Sarah, are lifelong Aurora residents. Their son, Moshe, is a West Aurora High School graduate, while their children, Ty and Jaden, are current West Aurora student-athletes. Markel, welcome, and thank you for being a part of the conversation today.
1: Hey, I am thoroughly excited. Thanks, Dr. Craig, for having me here.
0: Absolutely. We are... uh, we're gonna have a great conversation. We're gonna probe a couple different areas—not uh, only your professional life, but uh, some of your personal travels that you've you've experienced along the way as well. So you know, we always say this during an interview, and you probably heard this when you and I had our conversation uh, when you when you started with us uh, in the summertime. Tell the audience a little bit about who you are, but tell us some things that we can't read about you on a resume.
1: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Well, you can read that. You know, I'm I'm born in. Born and raised here in Aurora, and um, met my my wife, high school sweetheart, at Aurora Central Catholic, and uh, she's we also won't hold uh, that against no, you. No, never that, never <laughs> that. Hey, go Chargers! If <laughs> there's any Chargers on the, uh, on the on on the dial, and uh, yeah, so we started dating sophomore year uh, into junior year in, in, in high school, and uh, I went down to SIU, uh, played a little college football down there, and um, my wife ended up staying here at Wabonzi and then going off to to Western. My junior year in college. Home of the Leathernecks. Home of the Leathernecks. Home go. of the Leathernecks. Absolutely right. And we continued dating in, 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 into college. And, um, I ended up getting injured my junior year, mm. uh, gave up my scholarship and, and really felt at that point that, you know, like, man, I, my life's coming, going downhill pretty quick, you know, cause I, I love football. And, uh, so I'm a football guy. I'm a sports guy. I'm a family man. And, I, I'm a man that tries to listen to good wisdom. And, uh, it was at that point in my life where, I injured myself playing football. I called my high school teacher, Pat Wyler was her name, and I said, "Miss Wyler, I have no idea what I'm gonna do with my life. And she sure. said, Markel, you should be a teacher. And I said, you must be crazy. There's no way in the world I'm gonna be a teacher. And she said, listen, you won't be wealthy, uh, but your life will be rich and and that just sat home with me and it really resonated throughout my life what a great and statement. so uh, at that point when in education and and it's kind of a kind of story's kind of laid out that way you know so i i, I tried to really live my life as a man that focused on my faith, my family, fitness and friends and uh, I, those are kind of, those are my compasses in sure. my life so
0: that's awesome yeah. thanks for sharing that you know, there's. Um, you talked about you went down to uh, to SIU and and uh, were pursuing that passion. Mm-hmm. What brought you back to Aurora? Uh, and I'm going to do some follow up here in a little bit. But but why why us? Why here right now? Uh, when when you have lots of options mm-hmm. at your disposal, why why District 129? Why the Aurora area? Yeah, I. Uh, you know, sometimes when you, you I mentioned Aurora
1: Central Catholic, yeah. right? And. One of our coaches used to always say, Hey, you have to bleed blue and gold, right? You got to bleed blue and gold. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's with me and Aurora. I mean, I, I bleed Aurora, and, and I love everything about this community. When I left to go down to Carbondale, I, I only thought to come back. I mean, I, I never even really thought about doing anything different outside of coming back home. My family was here. My, my friends were here. My, you know, my future wife was here, and I knew I needed to come back uh, to Aurora. And, and really, the, a large part of how much Aurora has meant to me in my own personal life, and you know, for those who maybe don't know, back in, in, in the 90s, I lost my brother, Moshe Rogers, mm. Um, in, in the early 90s, and he was a big basketball player at Aurora Central Catholic. And uh, one day after a basketball game, out he was a senior. I, I, was a, I was a sophomore in high school, and this is when Aurora Central was off of Root Street. And uh, you know, he, he lost his life due to gang violence uh. Uh, in the early 90s. And it, it really, of course, shook up my family, uh, but it also shook up the city of Aurora, and it was really at that point in my life as a young man being 15 years old and lost and my older brother was a role model to me. And sure. and just a really an impactful young man in the community as well. Had everything going for him. And in that one instant, he had his life taken as, a, as an innocent bystander, if you will. And I was with him in the car when it happened. And just the response of Aurora, uh, the response of the community, through the high school that I was a part of, through our faith communities, it, it left a significant impact in my life. And, and, and through that, I, I knew that my brother was trying to make an impact on, on his life through relationships and through the community. And then I, I realized how when he, his life got cut short, um, I, I, I knew in my own personal life that I was a man on mission. And I knew that how the community Responded and and stood up at that point in my life. I, I, I knew that this was always going to be my home, and um and, and I wanted to make a significant impact in the community. Just how the community made an impact on my life.
0: So I'm gonna probe that a little bit. I know that's a it's a really sensitive area, but I I appreciate you you talking about it. But for those folks that are listening, and a lot of them you know are are students. Yeah. So you could have made a couple different decisions based on that that event. Absolutely. What caused you or what? nudged you to take that mission in a positive way rather than going down a negative path?
1: Yeah. Well, thankfully, I, I had number one parents. And and I recall my dad saying really early when the investigation was still going on that uh, he said, son, revenge is not a, not, not a response. You know, mm. revenge is not a response. And I didn't really have the means in that point in my life to do do anything for revenge but even within my heart you know holding grudges and and having that revengeful mindset so thankfully i had parents in my life my mom and my dad pillars in my life at that point but also coaches um football coaches and 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 teachers who were essential catholic uh they really took me under their wing and and helped to shape and guide me during that time where I, I, was, I was wounded. You know, I, I was hurting. Um, I knew that I needed answers in my life. I knew that I needed direction in my life. And, and just as a young man, uh, I, I knew I needed people to really speak into my life at that point. And so if it wasn't for people uh, really taking time to speak into my life, to, to course correct me, to allow me to grieve, to sure. allow me to hurt, to, to allow me to really process the pain in my life, uh, they gave me that space and that time to do so. And, and I look back on the men and women in my life at that point as a young man, and predominantly they were educators, you know, outside of my, my parents and my family. And so that, that was a pivotal time in my life, of course.
0: And that speaks in a really loud way. If you think about the roles that we're now in right. as, as a, somebody that's an influential person in the lives of not only peers, but in all of our kids that we come in contact with, and that starts with building those really solid foundations of relationships. That's right. And I know that that's something that's a forte of yours, that you really take a lot of pride in, building those really positive uh, relationships. Um, and I think that's an important message for people to hear in probably one of the most dire events that you could experience, especially as a young adolescent, yeah. to be influenced by, you know, you wouldn't think it would be mom and dad, obviously, if you can lean on those folks and that family and that faith base, but to be able to have Teachers and coaches and those folks that yeah I meet with them six and a half hours a day or I meet with them fifty minutes a day in a class or I'm with the sport but to have that much of an impact to say here's the right path and then help guide you down that that's a that's a strong statement Absolutely. and I hope a lot of people hear that
1: yeah and and as far as the educators you know they they took time to give me those personal invitations you know they went out of their way to go and find me they went out of their way mm. to. Uh, make sure, I mean, when my brother was in, in the hospital and life support, you know, the community was there, the teachers and coaches were there. And I recall even being in the chapel when I lost my brother and my head football coach, Mike Curry, Royal Central Catholic, you wow. know, I recall him l- literally pulling me out of the chapel and having a conversation with me, you know, about what my role now is, you know, within my family and things that really just speaking into my life, you know, allowing sure. me to really have a vision of, of, of what kind of young man could I be, even in the midst of a tragedy, you know, and so but they took time. And, and, I, and, and I tried to model my life after that, knowing that some kids need a bigger hook. Yep. And I have to go out and, and, and reach some kids, you know, and, and it's not going to come easy. But building those relationships is really the foundation, not just for today, but in the, in the future. I want my kids to Washington and all the other schools that I taught it to know that, man, I can always call Mr. Rogers,
0: uh, because he invested in my life. That's awesome, and obviously it's helped shape who you are today. Absolutely, hundred percent, and and, in all facets. So curiosity got the best of me. You know, you've once again. So we go back to that resume. You've you've had a variety of educational roles prior to being the dean of students at Washington Middle School. Uh, you're an assistant principal in a couple of districts. You've worked up through the ranks in, in some other districts. Then you left education. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there was, you know, you, there literally could have been greener pastures because mm-hmm. of uh, being in some financial planning. Mm-hmm. But then you made a, another pivotal choice. Mm-hmm. You made one to leave education, and then you made one to come back to education. Can you talk to me about you know just share your story about the thought process and some of your why yeah absolutely so very fortunate to be able to work up through the ranks you know worked in
1: some great school districts uh, district 204 Niqua valley metea valley high school then was fortunate to uh, be a health education teacher, driver's ed teacher, then a dean of students at NICO and Matia. When Matia first opened up, uh, get the tap on the shoulder from Jim Schmidt, you know, over in uh, District 204 and and other leaders, and hey, come on over here to Matia with us, and hey, don't get an opportunity to help to start a school, you sure. know. So, I was a dean over there, and then uh, three years after that get up to Scha- Schaumburg High School in District 211. And once again, it's around other great leaders in my life. And um, then at that point, my wife and I took a class uh, through Dave Ramsey's program, Financial Peace University. <laughs> Shout out to Dave Ramsey. <laughs> and it really rocked our world, just kind of understanding about finances and the educational component with finances. And so was fortunate enough to kind of get our finances in in a a pretty direct order. And through that process began being very curious about financial services and had an opportunity to uh, get my financial licenses part-time, the great company called Primerica. And really that began opening up doors for me because I began educating people through the vehicle of education, but teaching finances. And I did it part-time, had no intention at all of leaving my job, but the business began to grow and expand. And I, I started to kind of scratch my head and say like, man, I'm young, I have some energy left. you know. I can make a run at this thing and it's um, had a lot of prayer thought and consideration really kind of at the, I don't know kind of at the height of my career as a young man uh, I made a, I made a change and and one of the things that was always in my mind during that time was how, how I always challenged my students and my and my athletes to coaching football of taking risks, take, you know, calculating risk and and going for it in life, you know, and then I found myself being scared to go for it in life, you know, and so I, I needed to really take my own advice at that point in my career and say, listen, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go and do it. And so I recall walking into Tim Little's office in Schaumacher High School and saying, Tim, I think I'm going to take a dive and um, I make a transition. And he said something to me. He said, Mark, I don't really mind what you do. You're going to do well in anything you do. And uh, if you feel like that this is the direction that you need to go, go for it. A but nice the, piece of encouragement. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the back of my mind, though, I always thought I can always go back to education. Right? If, if If I take this leap and if I miss or if I'm successful, if I start to sense that, man, I miss education, I can come back. I have my degrees, I have the experience, I can come back. And, and so sure enough, about two years ago, my wife and I started just kind of sensing some drawback in education. I, I really feel the education's a calling. Um, if, if you have the desire for it to be a calling in your life, you know, if you really answer that call of like, man, I think I can make a significant difference in the lives of adults and students and the community. So I just started sensing that calling back. And, and I tried to quiet it down, quiet it down, quiet it down. And we just came to a point where she and I just realized that, hey, I, I need to start to take a look. And I just so happened to be on the district website. My kids are in the district, uh, Ty Rogers and, and Jaden, senior and freshman at sure. West. I was just perusing through the, through, the, through the website and I saw a position open in the school year had, had already started. Like, what, what is this? you know? And so I text my friend Victor Perez of oh, Washington yeah. Middle School and he said, hey, there's a position open as a dean. Just throw your name in there. And after that, things went pretty quick, you know? And so um, I'm thankful for the opportunity, right, to come back into education. I'm thankful for answering the call of my life of just impacting people in, in various arenas. You know I mean? I, I wish I can say that this is my last stop. Hey, I'm planting my flag here. I I don't really know, right? I mean, I I love what I do, but I'm a man of of strong purpose and direction, and I know that my life is here for a season, and and I'm a pilgrim, right? Absolutely. And so I'm just fully focused on making an impact while I'm here doing what I do
0: and, and growing where I'm planted. Well, half the battle is that you enjoy what you do. Absolutely. And and I hope that, you know, that hunger that you had in your belly to come back to education, I hope we're filling it on a regular basis. That's right. And uh, that you're not bored over there at Washington, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure you're not. No, never. And but we're glad you made that transition. Yeah. Um, you're right. It is you don't get fame and fortune here, but uh, yeah. certainly you, you do become rich because of uh, the experiences. And so we're glad you're here. You know, one of the things that you thematically I hear a lot about uh, being very prayerful person of faith, that there are prevalent uh, forces in your life that help influence who you are and how you are. And as a result of that, you are, you participate in those events, you extend yourself, um, outside of your professional life in the community and in churches. What, what are some of the, what are some of the things that compel you to continue to give of yourself, um, of your, your experiences, of your knowledge, of your advocacy, um, to kids, to adults, to community?
1: Yeah. One of my just overall philosophies is that a, a life truly lived is given away. And and maybe because of my brother, mm. who you know, I mean, the the backstory of, of of his life is, you know, we we picked a a young man up that day who was running from gangbangers, and we didn't know that, we didn't know that at the time. But my brother willingly pulled over because he saw this kid running down the street, eleven o'clock at night on the east side of Aurora, and he didn't know those can cost him his life, sure. but he willingly pulled the car over, and as a result of that, it took his life. Mm. So I, I look at my life and, and I know that my life fully lived is given away. And, and I know that my talents, my gifts, my, my gifts and my abilities aren't, aren't, aren't just for me. Uh, they're to benefit other people, mm. namely my family, uh, my wife and my children, my, my parents, my, my, my in-laws. Outside of that, there, there's a big world out there. Right. And, and, and so as a result of that, I, I know that there's there's more to me than just me. And and so I need to continually give that away, trusting that I'll be refilled, right? And so I believe in self-care. I believe in, you know, you and I spoke about working out even before the podcast of what we eat and you know, working out, all the kind of stuff. So I, I do believe in self-care. Yeah. Um, that you can't give what you don't have. But there's a lot of me, not only because I'm 275, 62, <laughs> right, but there's a lot of me, right? There's a lot of gifts and abilities that I have that I, I, I want to give away. I want to give away. And so when there's opportunities for me to do that, then once again, I, I, I consider those um, prayerfully with my wife and my family and say, is this an opportunity that we can invest in? And, and yeah, let's, let's go for it. And so I, I just know the impact that a person can have on people's lives if they're willing to live beyond themselves. And and I try to model that through my own life. Absolutely.
0: You know, that's, um, I think the word that comes to mind is is gracious and and humble. Um, And you certainly exude that uh, in in your talk of sharing. You're not lacking for confidence, but certainly very self-aware and very uh, aware that other people can... Really benefit from having a, a positive influence in their lives Absolutely. Uh, from whatever sector of life that, that comes from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and, and I, I want to stay with that community theme a little bit talking more globally, you talk about the event that took your brother's life mm-hmm. there was some times that Aurora really had a, a, a negative connotation mm-hmm. associated with it. Uh, it wasn't very pleasant uh, it wasn't a desirable place to be or to raise kids there was some danger involved and there was some violence and and we're still fighting some of that stigma, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I'll point, um, not, not in, in a biased way or a personal way, but I know Washington was a middle school that, that was fighting some of those labels. Mm-hmm. Um, and still today people are going, they may wrinkle their nose up a and give you a little stink face when you say Washington Middle School. Mm-hmm. And as much exposure as you have throughout the community and the variety of things that you are involved in, I'm curious, I'm going to put you on the spot here yeah. a little bit, when somebody says, so, Markel, where yet?" you at? Well, I'm dean of students at Washington Middle School. Hmm, what's that all about? How is that? <laughs> I'd be curious to hear how you might respond to that. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, you can't see through the pot. I mean, I, I just grin,
1: right? I, smile. <laughs> I mean, it, it's. It. it I, I don't know about the past, you know. My neighbor, who's probably... In the '70s, when he found out that I was going to be a, um, a dean at Washington, Kim was over, knocks on the door, says, "Hey, you know, I, was, I think he, said he was one of the first, the, the first graduating class." Oh, no kidding, of Washington Middle School, and he started naming the principal, and and he was smiling. Sure, you know? all I can do is is to take responsibility for a new day, and and uh, we have a phenomenal team, a phenomenal staff. Ph- phenomenal custodians and maintenance. I mean, it is a phenomenal place to be and perfect. Absolutely not. Um, but we're not striving for perfection. We're striving for progress. And I know Washington Middle School is a school that is striving for progress daily. I mean, we're in the trenches daily fighting for kids and fighting for staff and making sure that people feel supported. And that it's a great place for students to come and learn and grow um, emotionally and educationally and You know, we can't always right the wrongs of the past, but we can make sure that we make today and tomorrow for the next generation coming in the best place that it could be. And I think that the staff there right now are really focused on that. They're focused on making sure that this is a great place for students and staff to grow and, 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 and to be a, be a place where people can feel like, man, this is a community here. You know, I mean, um, we're part of a bigger community, 129, of course, Aurora. Sure. But man, Washington Middle School is a great little community within
0: itself. And I'm, I'm proud to be there. And we can encourage Mr. Davidson to uh, put the phenomenal generals of Washington <laughs> Middle School. That's, that's, that's right. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a great positive response you know I'm going to shift a little bit too you know i was uh, I, I think you and I when we spoke uh earlier this year I talked about I had seven years in the dean's office at the, at uh, at a high school down in the south Burbs. and you know there was the deans are they were the disciplinarians of the school and you know and you had you know two or three thousand people and that was part of you know that was a big part of your day mm-hmm. so talk a little bit about um some of those, you know, people that find out, ah, oh, you're dean of students, you're middle school, you've been a dean at several high schools, uh, different communities. Mm-hmm. What do you think that perception is or that myth about being a dean of students uh, might look like? And then... How do you think that the role responsibility has shifted? And the reason I ask that is because I know how you conduct yourself, how you approach uh, reaching out to kids and to families is much different than probably back in my day in the early 90s. So it would be interesting Mm. to hear that contrast comparison.
1: Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to be mentored by, I would say, some old school deans. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Rudy. Well, uh, Mick Rudiger, was was a dean at Neuqua, Yes. you know Rudy's little brother, our older brother, you know about I think it was twelve of them, and uh, Mick was old school. He was an old school and a wrestling coach, and wrestling get co- plugs in for wrestlers there, <laughs> and a wrestling coach, phenomenal at both ends of the spectrum, who mentored me, you know, as a young dean. So I was able to see the, I would say, the old school way of doing and being a dean, yeah. which you know. M- Mick Rudiger had his way of doing things, right? And but it was still with dignity and with respect, sure. but you, you just knew you didn't cross Dean Rudiger. Yep. you know And so I have that in me. I have that in me of that's like, fun. you better not cross the Dean. Oh my goodness, that's the Dean. Um, but that's just not my personality, right? I, I know I know we're walking around with masks and um but i I love to smile. I love to build relationships. i I truly discipline through relationships. And um, my main focus is learning all the kids' names that I can as fast as I can, because when I discipline the students, I want to be able to use their name and I say, hey, what's your name again? And I'll be able to call them from name in the cafeteria. And. Kids, I've, I've always felt like that kids, kids can sniff you out. Mm-hmm. If they don't know, if they really feel that you're not for them, they're, they're, there's, there's a chasm there. And, and, and my whole focus is on bridging that. Not, not, to, not to be liked by the students, that is the furthest thing from my repertoire is to be liked by students. But I do want them to respect and for them to know that the respect goes both ways. And even though I respect you, and you may re- respect me, uh, I want to be able to consequence you maybe even suspend you and then have you come back to school and say, hey, Mr. Rogers, when you see me in the hallway, or when I acknowledge you walking in the building, and so I've really focused on not being the iron fist dean and, and being the dean that I, I just feel like that there's, there's some burnout within that. If you're always looking for a fight and looking for a way to, um, you know, drop the hammer on kids and a lot and of negativity, that's a lot for of negativity. Sure. And, and you won't sense that with Mr. Rogers. You're going to sense like, oh man, he's he, he's smiling again. You know, he's, he's laughing. He's building relationships with the kids. He's, you know, I, I, someone had mentioned like, man, the kids like Mr. Rogers. You know, like someone had said that in, in the halls. I kind of heard, man, the, is this the right guy for the job? And the kids actually like him, you know? <laughs> and I take pride in that. Yeah. You know? I, I, You know, that 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 for me is, once again, the foundation of my mission in, in the dean's office is, yeah, I want to discipline through relationships. And I'm not going to be soft on the discipline. I'm, I'm not going to be overly heavily on the discipline. I want to find that middle ground, uh, communicating as best as I can with the teachers um, when they send a kid down to the office. And I, I have a long way to go in doing my job, I understand that. And I also want to be able to advocate for the students as well. And and there is that middle ground in the discipline office um, that unless you've been in that seat, you really don't don't know the the tension that, that you feel in that discipline office where I I understand I want to support every teacher that I can. Absolutely. But I'm also trying to advocate for every student that comes to my office. And so there is that tension that we, you know, we find peace in as a dean, right? We find some we find some some resolve there, some freshness there. And I pride myself within that.
0: Well, especially at that middle school level, it's about there is some accountability for behavior, um, and that's there's that delicate balance. Uh, but I think the piece that sometimes we lose sight of it's it's still about changing behavior. It's Absolutely. not about meeting consequences. Mm-hmm. It's just about how do we take that behavior that's unacceptable and change that and help that that young man or young woman modify so that they can be successful. Absolutely. And I think we lose sight of that sometimes. Yeah,
1: you know, and, and I've always even said it. The Mick Rudiger used to say back in the day. That, you know, we do more counseling than our counselors do, right? I mean, in the dean's office, you're you're really trying to dig in and, and figure out the why behind. The behavior, and so we can help a student move down the field in a better way, making modifying that behavior change. And so there's there's a lot of counseling that goes on in the dean's office that people don't really understand. When that student comes in, and we're we're figuring out and asking those questions, we, we get to some really core issues that that's really driving some of these behaviors. And a lot of times it's pain. Yes, you know, a lot of times it's man their home life, and and we can't go and put that on. on on Schoology the hey this is why the kids acting out that way uh, to all of our teachers but we know we know and so because of that it helps to drive our decision-making as as professionals as well
0: I appreciate you sharing that that philosophy and I think it's something that is probably more so in this day and age than ever before of establishing those really great relationships so that it and it's it goes just for our adults as well Mm -hmm. you know there's it's not about being soft because there's there's some days we're going to have to take take some of our adults to task as well mm-hmm. in our leadership roles, uh, but once again it's about changing behavior so that they can be successful. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you to be super razor narrow focused. There's one thing. One thing. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned in life? That one thing. Curly's one thing.
1: Ask me to rephrase the question. So most valuable lesson that I've learned yes. throughout my life. Yes. I kind of boil it down to a statement for me, and um, this is what I kind of remind myself of uh, almost daily, and it's a question to ask myself, and it's, you know, am, am, I, am I walking purposefully or am I wandering aimlessly? And that really drives my life and, and my mm-hmm. life lessons, is, is for me to ask myself that question, Markella, are you walking with purpose? Because I, I, I've, I've had times in my life where I wasn't, where I've, I've wandered. Sure. We all have. Absolutely. Absolutely, but if I can continually ask myself that question, it really helps me to have my my true north pointed in the right direction of what my life wants to be about what i 've seen people's lives that I want to emulate look like, who have walked with purpose and and I just want to keep pointing myself in that direction when I feel myself wandering aimlessly I, I want to point myself in the in the direction of walking with purpose and 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 that's really been the foundation of my life through the life lessons and through the experiences and through the pain of my life and the joys of my life sure um,
0: has really been about walking with purpose instead of wandering aimlessly it's awesome it's great philosophy so now i'm going to ask you to think a little more globally (laughs) let's broaden this out a little bit you know you talked about not to say that mick was old but (laughs) he's older than me and i knew most of their family you know mark Mm and bernie and all those guys all wrestling guys so Take that evolution from from way back when of how education was fostered and how we worked with kids and families to 2021. From your opinion, from your perspective, your philosophy, your experiences, how can we better improve how we foster education? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the X's and O's of mm-hmm. testing and, and those strategies, but just generally, how can we do a better job in in our public education sector?
1: yeah you you use the word foster and and the the word that comes to me is nurture and mm-hmm. and really nurturing education and 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 just all the entities that come with educating uh students building a community of of i mean we're 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 still in a pandemic and there's some people who just need some nurturing right now who are trying to figure things out figure out their family there's just so it's it's a heavy season it is for our families. All across the board, and and maybe not as heavy as others, but this this is a season in the 21st century where there's there's a lot of nurturing going on. It may look soft. Once again, you mentioned, you know, people in our past, right? Who you don't think is soft, and I don't think nurturing is soft. But they're, they're, this this is a season of over communicating as best we can, listening before we speak more than ever, and 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 taking situations as individual situations. And, and doing our best to guide the ship in the direction of what's gonna be best for all of our kids. We're, we're coming out of a lot of racial tension mm. and, and just a pandemic, it's, it's, it's a heavy season. I mean, some people have asked me, man, you picked the weirdest <laughs> time to come back in education. But I, I feel like I've, I've been called in for a season just as this. And, and there are a season of, of nurturing right now that I think that we can really begin to open up people's minds to the X's and O's of education once they feel like they're cared for. And I don't think that's really ever changed over the years. Per se, But definitely, I think we have to turn that volume up even more today more than ever of, of nurturing the process of education.
0: I'm nodding my head in affirmation. So people that are listening, 100% turn that volume up and probably to a deafening roar. Yeah, um, I have, that's, it's, a, it's an awesome uh, response, really is. So I'm going to ask you to wax eloquently here. Any of our young educators, people that are kind of scratching their head going, should I or shouldn't I? How would you counsel or advise aspiring young administrators?
1: Yeah, it. I, I think back to that statement from Pat Weiler. You know, th- this is not a, a profession where we're, we're coming to make a lot of money, mm. even though you can, you can. You can do well here. It, it is really a, an opportunity and profession to significantly make an impact um, in people's lives, whether they're students or adults in various c- capacities, so for that young administrator, even for myself today, it's, it's, we get so sometimes, uh, fixed on those X's and O's and, and doing things. It's refreshing just to be with the kids at times. And as administrators, sometimes we're closed in that office and, um, it feels good to walk the halls. And even this morning, as I'm shaving my head, <laughs> I was like, um, I need, to, I need to walk the halls more today. There's just something about getting out and walking the halls. And walking, this is a John Maxwell quote, you know, he, he <laughs> you have to walk the pace of your people. And most people walk slow. Yeah. Where some of us pride ourselves in walking fast because it looks like you're urgent and you're, you're, you know, you're on the move. And I've learned to walk slow because most people walk slow, you know? And as a leader, you have to walk the pace of your people. Now you're the leader, so you can always turn up the pace if you, if, when you need to, and, you, and we do, but most people are walking slow. So I tried to get out into the halls, Walk the pace of the people, listen to people, and 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 I would recommend that for any young administrator is um, learn to walk slow, walk the pace of the people, and um, you, you know get out there and 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 roll your sleeves up and, and get with the students. You know, and a lot of times we we climb that ladder whether it's fast or slow, and and we have our own aspirations and vision. Sometimes we just call call, call time and say, I need to get into the halls today.
0: A little reset. A little reset. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't tell you how refreshing and how uh, honored we are that uh, you were here today to have a conversation with us. Um, Certainly appreciate your insights. Um, Probably reinforces once again that um, we made a really great decision and Mm -hmm. we're glad you're here. Thank you. Um, So I want to thank Mr. Markel Rogers, Dean of Students, Middle School, Washington Middle School. (laughs) Phenomenal Washington Middle (laughs) School. I uh, really appreciate the discussion and thanks for your your thoughts and hope I hope some of our students are listening to our conversation today. I think there's a lot of takeaways from all ages. So thank you for being here. Yes, sir. And last little shout out, go Washington Generals.
1: We're in the seventh grade championship game. Here we go. At Jewel Middle School. Here we please go. Bringing home, Generals. Nicely
0: done. All Nicely right. done. Please remember that you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn Radio app. And I would encourage you to subscribe to our broadcast and please give us your feedback so we can continue to improve our discussions. Thank you again. Appreciate it.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks. That's correct, you bet.